from his from the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey. This is Teeing Up with Jeremy Schilling. Danny Fleck is here. All right, what went wrong for the Yankees? I think it's more like what went right for them. Nothing, right? Like, I mean, they had a lead in most of these games. To not get the pitching on the backside of getting these leads to hold them. Besides Game 4, they didn't really string picks together in innings. They didn't get base runners on. We talked about it a little bit last week. You know, some uh, terrible errors. You know, in Game 4, that double play, botch, really ruined the game for them. A short lineup that wasn't really built to take up the Astros pitching. Uh, so, just a lot. You know, they were just... You know, we were really high in this team early on in the season, and things just unraveled for them very, very, very quickly uh, in July. And even with some of the reinforcements they tried to bring in, yeah, they didn't, they weren't there in October to help them out. Their bullpen went through a lot of injuries. I thought their starting pitching was pretty serviceable in the playoffs. I don't want to blame it all on them, but Cole in Game 3... You know, that's not what you're expecting from him. Nestor in game four, I think we saw that the long season just kind of took its toll on him. You know, he wasn't that great uh, in the playoff appearances he had. This team is flawed, and we're going to see what they do uh, to, to get back back into it. You know, Judge is a free agent. Rizzo declined his option. Benatendi's a free agent. You know, there, there's a lot of questions for this team heading into next year. I say Judge is worth $500 million. You say? I say he's, he's I think, give, been given him, gave himself the opportunity to write whatever number he wants on that on that next contract. The question is, is where is he going to do it? You know, how does he feel about the Yankees? You know, he's bowed out of the ALCS four times, right? Or three times. The fans booing them, game four. You know, just a, a poor showing by by the, the Yankee baseball there. Not really understanding the context of what this team was and, and what he did throughout the year to make them be in that position to begin with. We'll see. I mean, I, I think it's 50-50 he resigns with the Yankees. I don't know if his motivation is there to resign with them. I think it is. I, I think that, that if he gets to see... Um, That'll be the one that, that that tips it for him. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a storyline until he puts pen to paper. Uh, but, you know, they're going to be team circling. The Mets, probably the Giants, and probably some other team out there that, that we don't know about right now that could be ready to pounce and give him whatever he wants. So it really depends on, on where he thinks his best situation is. But, you know, I think off the field it's in New York. But maybe he thinks that he'd rather be more comfortable elsewhere. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, you and I talked about this um, a while ago, about baseball being regional, baseball being a sport of places in, 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 in this country and which ones are baseball towns and which ones are not baseball towns. Where is your meter at for this World Series? Which starts uh, tonight, October 28th. 
I, I don't really have a pulse on it just because I, I could care less, to be honest. But you have uh, Houston, which at this time they should be pretty used to being in the World Series. That fan base has endured a ton of success the last couple of years. This is, what, their third World Series? Yeah, yeah. Five or six years. And you have a Phillies team that came out of nowhere, playing with house money, has some pretty good players. Let's not you know, forget that they have Bryce Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos. They have a lineup that, that can put up runs, and that city's crazy. That fan base is nuts. I'm sure Lincoln, not Lincoln, uh, Citizens Bank is going to be rocking yeah. on, on game three. Yeah, if that series is tied, you know, going into Philly, it's going to be tough, I think. A tough environment for the Astros. But, you know, those are, you know, Philadelphia, you know, despite despite me not liking a lot of their teams, they're a good sports town, right? They care about their teams, and, and they can get a little crazy at times, but they're a good sports town, and, and the Astros fans are, they've been there, done that already, it seems like, so they should be used to this type of environment. And I think they'll be, be loud tonight and tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, as far as, like, who's going to win, who's not going to win, like, I, I, who's gonna, yeah, I could care less, to be honest with you. I'm going to walk, luckily, knock on wood, in the MetLife Stadium on Sunday. What am I going to see? I think you're going to see two teams that, despite their records, are in similar situations, to be Interesting. honest. That's how, that's how I see it. Jets have been playing very well lately and have gotten some breaks. And let's just be honest about that. You don't apologize for the record you have. No, nope, we've gotten some lucky bounces and, and poor time management and all that jazz. You, you, you know it. And the Pats are coming into a spot where they think they have a roster to compete but have not really played up to expectation. Very bad loss on Monday mismanagement of the quarterback situation. But here's the thing. You win this game if you're the Pats, you're four and four. You still have one more game against the Jets left, and you know that the Jets still have to play well the Jets have what? I mean, yeah, the Jets have the Pats, Bills, by then the Pats Yes. Yes. In one, in one month, I don't know what the Pats schedule is the next couple of weeks, but in one month, we could be looking at the Jets and, and uh, Pats and Foxborough. I mean, like the winner of this game really gets a stronghold on the potential for a seven or six seed in the in the playoffs. So, I think both teams are in very similar spots despite their records. The Jets have a lot to figure out. I think offensively, Grace Hall not being there anymore for this season, I think throws a wrench in the middle. So it's definitely yeah, it's a big bummer. So, you know, you know, you know my thoughts on Zach Wilson. I think, despite their their weapons on the outside, I think he's a one read quarterback right now. And what they're they're a defense like the Pats and, and Belichick are going to figure that out quickly and, and make him play off schedule. I think it's going to be a tough game for the Jets to win. Uh, you think your, your Giants are getting the victory? I mean, look, it's easy schedule. You should win this game. They got a, they got a tough matchup here. They're flying out west to Seattle. They've gotten, I, I said this last week too, they've gotten so 
lucky, and I know that a lot of it's the preparation and the adjustments they've made. They've gotten so lucky here. They cannot continue to be behind in the first half, and I get it. It's working for them right now, but they have to have a, a game where they are in front and controlling the game a little bit. Right now, they've been playing a little bit on the other team's you know, schedule. They're, they're waiting for the other teams to make mistakes, and Jacksonville almost didn't make any. They got fortunate, I think. They were able to pound the rock in the fourth quarter and really wear them out, but I think this is a tough spot for them, and I don't want to overlook the schedule either. Just because, it, you know, these are easier games doesn't mean they're going to be all wins. We know what the NFL is like. Huge momentum boost for them going into the bye as they're able to pull this one off, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I am hopeful they are going to, to win this game, but I am very aware of what type of roster they have going into this game. They're out two offensive linemen, just traded a wide receiver, still a little banged up in, on defense in the secondary, so if they slip up, they slip up, but um, you know, right now they're playing with house money, they might as well keep going at it, we'll see what happens. And that's a chess question, no Hall, no Corey Davis, no Elijah Wright Tucker, how does that you know uh, uh, play into um, things in the sense of just okay we should win these games and yet we're one this or one that away from these games falling through the cracks um, I, I hate bringing up people's personal lives because they're not for the show and it's not what teeing it up is about but here on Friday Tom Brady and uh, his now ex-wife Giselle file for divorce. The Bucks are five and three. Three and five. Uh, sorry, three and five. Thank you. Read the read the wrong line. Um, Brady was apparently looking upset. Despondent was the word used in one story from ESPN last night after losing that game. So they lose that game. They're now three and five in the, in the NFC South. You get the kind of mini buy here, having played on Thursday, and yet I don't know if Kirk and 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 Al knew this, but there have been divorce lawyers that have been hanging around this team. That's never um, an easy situation for anybody, um, and they have. I mean, look, the Falcons are three and four; they're three and five. This is a really crappy division, and the uh, Panthers are two and five, and the Saints are two and five. This division is like the NFC East of a couple of years ago. Just not very good teams are here. But to win in the playoffs, you need a quarterback that is that, that is fully fo fully focused. Any ideas what's going to happen here? Because I'm. You know, people ask me, and I'm like, well, I can tell you the human side of it, not having experienced it, but just my thoughts, but I have no idea what that means in the huddle. Yeah, I keep waiting for the Bucks to turn it up, and they're not. So, <laughs> I mean, I've watched a couple of their games. I think it's a lot of things with them right now. They, Brady's distracted. He's not playing well. Yeah. He's missing. He was make. He's been 
you know, accustomed to making in his sleep. He is, um, you know, he is down offensive linemen left and right. Last night, they were, they, I think they ran the same play five times in a row. That quick, like, out, that quick pass to the receiver in the slot. And you look at that, you're like, wait, you got Tom Brady there, and you're throwing the ball to the side for, you know, negative yards. I know it worked a couple of times, but they have no balance of offense. Their defense just lost one of their key players. I just think it's one of those seasons where the resolve of the team is being tested week in and week out, and you have a guy that probably is not 100% in right now with Tom Brady. And this goes back to, to March when he retired then came back out of retirement. I just don't know you know, just watching him, if he's that dedicated to what this season entails for him right now, and it's not to say that he's, you know, half-assing it. I just think his mind's been elsewhere, and we're humans. That happens. Uh, it's going to happen. The fact that it took him 22 years in the NFL for that to happen is just a testament to the, to the way he's wired. But you, you can't sit here objectively and say that what he's been going through hasn't affected him on the field because it has. We've got six minutes left. Um, I would like you to explain why the line on Ohio State, Penn State on the road is larger than Kentucky, Tennessee uh, is. And Tennessee is the home team in that game. What's the Tennessee line? 13 and a half, right? 12. Kentucky plays well against these types of teams. That's why I think the line is what it is. Ohio State will always get the benefit of the doubt and have a higher line. That's just who they are and, and what they and what they you know bring to the table. I, I think with the Tennessee game, people are waiting for maybe another shoe to drop with them um, off the high of the Alabama win. And also, next week for them is Georgia. Yeah. So, you know, is this a look-ahead spot for them? Do they maybe take their foot off the gas? We'll see. I think a lot of some of those things are maybe playing into it. I, I think I think Tennessee should win. Ohio State should win, regardless of what the line is. Uh, but from a betting perspective, that's something to keep in mind with the Tennessee game. And, and Kentucky, you know, does play pretty tough football in general uh, against you know these types of air raid teams. So that's why I think it is the way it is. I'm going to go with you on this, uh, having not prepared you for it and having not talked to you about it, so just run with me, okay? Bama wins the SEC championship by defeating a uh, Georgia team. Bama and Georgia get into the playoff, right? Ohio State is the next team down. They get into the playoff. Who is that fourth team at the moment? I think it's a toss-up right now. Uh, Michigan, Clemson, TCU are probably the next three in line there. And in this scenario, Tennessee is probably in there. And... Maybe you have a Pac-12, the Pac-12 champion in there. This is, yeah. Sorry, 
Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, so that's if everything, you know, goes based off of what you said. So that's assuming Michigan has one loss, Clemson wins the ACC. Yeah, perfect season. You know, Clemson's in, yeah, Clemson's in there regardless. Uh, if, they, if they win the ACC, they're in there. Um, so that that's what I think will happen if that's the scenario you lined up. You, you just played out. What's really interesting to me and the people I was with last week is that we can talk all day about replacements for the playoffs or what's better for the playoff or what is the damn playoff or what the hell. Like, right? Like, like we can figure this out for days. The fact that we have not come up and come up with a system that everybody at least is happy with because not everybody's going to be happy but but like percentage wise now we're trying to expand it now we're trying to look into you know playing against NFL TV windows that's never good for anyone and I have no freaking idea how good Wake Forest is and suddenly Wake Forest number 10 in the country is a playoff team right potentially in a 12 team playoff and I just am totally lost about how in that scenario you can make a case for all the others and in other scenarios whether expanded or not expanded you've got some real 41 nothing games in there yeah it's an inexact science in college football unfortunately you know the way the conferences are structured and these championship games how much weight do we really put on that? How much weight do you put in the non-conference? You know, how do you look at head-to-head? Branding is so important. Money is so important. There's just a lot of things that go into it. It's not so cut and dry like in professional sports. Yeah. Or anything like that where it's just like, okay, you win your games, you're in. But, you know, I think with the expansion, you know, then the teams that are at, 13, 14, or 15 will have something to gripe about. But I think as college football fans, we need to be very, very, very clear about the teams in this country. There are maybe three or four good teams. Yes. Then there's a drop-off. Yes. And then a team that's, you know, between 4 and 20 can lose on any given Saturday to each other. And even teams that are in the in the 20, 20 to 40 range are probably good enough to maybe beat some of those teams too. So, you know, let's just be honest about that. That there are four good teams realistically every single year. Even the third or fourth team aren't even that good compared to the top two. So, you know, it's just the way college football is right now. Yeah. I mean, Penn State's 13th, Syracuse is 16th. And the 13th team, the 13th team is playing, what's Ohio State ranked? Third? Second. Second. And there's a 15 and a half point gap between them at home, which means if it was in Columbus, it's somewhere around 18 or 19 points. That's just, that's just the way it is. So, you know, we just gotta be honest with ourselves and say, even if a team is ranked fifth or sixth, you know, they're probably not that good compared to the third or the third or second team that's ranked in the college football playoff system. 
And you golf fans who say we can't get the FedEx Cup playoff system right, well, they can't get the college football playoff right either. So, right, listen. At the end of the day, we just have to be, you know, just really succumb to it. That it's going to be Bama, Georgia. One of those two are going to be in a championship every year. The way that this is currently constituted, and it's you know, at the end of the day, those are the two best teams. Yeah. Period. Danny Flecker, as always, thank you for coming on Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schelling. No problem, man. Have a good one. You got it.